Hey folks, Gavin Roth here with another episode of the Influencers of Sponsorship Marketing. Sponsored by Elevant, makers of sponsorship software that track, evaluate, and manage all requests for partnerships. Learn more at elevant.co. Keith Pelly is inarguably one of the most accomplished sports media and sports marketing executives in the world, which is appropriate given his role as CEO of the DP World Tour, formerly the European Tour, headquartered in the UK, takes Keith across the globe as he stewards the second largest professional golf tour on the planet. Impressive doesn't begin to describe his career journey with stints as president of TSN, the Toronto Argonauts, Canada's Olympic Broadcast Media Consortium, Rogers Media, and now the DP World Tour. I've had the pleasure of working with him and for him on a few occasions, and I can say without hesitation that he possesses an unrivaled work ethic and passion for whatever he does. For this episode, I caught Keith at his home outside London, England over the summer, and we discussed his career journey his current mandate at the DP World Tour, and some of his many career accomplishments, which include taking the former European Tour to new commercial heights through partnerships with DP World and Rolex, creating Friday Night Football at TSN, taking on the monumental task of producing and commercializing the coverage of the 2010 Olympics in Vancouver, and many more. A few fun stories sprinkled in as well. It was a fun, inspiring, and insightful chat. I hope you enjoy. And for more episodes of the Influencers of Sponsorship Marketing, follow me on LinkedIn, visit Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or check out RothRevenue.com. The logical place to start is our similarities when it comes to golf, okay? Um, We both love the game. Uh, We both got lured away from Rogers for sexy golf jobs. Um, Yours might be a little bit more impressive than the one I I got pulled into. Uh, And and that's where it stops because you are, uh, I tell people this, uh, the best, um, you know, non-professional golfer I've ever played with. And I am most definitely not. Not. but I don't know if you remember this. I taught you two things uh, once during a round. I taught you how to hit a driver on a three on a par three, and uh, and uh, beer shandies after the round. Do you remember any of that? Well, I definitely remember the driver on the par three. I definitely <laughs> remember that. Yeah, yeah. I I, I um, I'm not sure I'm the best non-professional you've ever seen, but uh, then again. Uh, I, I I don't uh, I don't boast about my golf game, but if I was that. to compare if I was to compare it to yours, uh, yeah, I, I'm I, I'm not I'm not better. bad at all. <laughs> I'm a pretty good player. Yeah. Uh, hey, listen, uh, are you still playing? Yeah, yeah, I am. I had neck fusion surgery a couple of years ago, so my oh. legendary torque is uh, is confined, uh, but I but I'm still playing. I love it, and I'm better than I was when I uh, when I played with you. I assure you that. So, yeah. okay. so hopefully, hopefully one day. Um, did you you got to Augusta recently? Uh, did you did you? I know you've played it. Did you did you play it this time? Uh, not this time. No, I I uh, I've 
I've had the fortune to play Augusta a number of times, but uh, I just went down there this year for the Masters, and yeah. it, it, it's a it's a marvelous place, spectacular uh, brand creation that they've they have, and the way that they have created a sense of excellence and perfection. Uh, Augusta is a special place. If you catapult ahead and you think about where Augusta will be in another 10 or 15 years, I believe the entire city will be even more invigorated and more energized and more uh, things to do around Augusta National. Uh, there there will there'll be museums. And it's amazing amazing that it isn't that way currently, right? Oh, like yeah, every, every, every year the place becomes a little bit more special. You know, they built a media compound that is is spectacular, and the the media gets treated like they never get treat. They don't get treated like that at any other tournament. Uh, the the merchandise shop and where they created was was phenomenal. Everything about it is spectacular, and every year it gets a little bit better. And it's a privilege to get a chance to be there. Awesome. Listen, I know how busy you are, so thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, no and worries. It's great to great to catch up. So um, let's let's start. Um, you know, you've had such a career. I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's you know on, on borders on legendary in in these circles and uh, you know in in the sports marketing space and in Canada, we're all so proud of seeing Canadians do so well. Um, you know, on the global stage. Tell, talk about that journey. You know, um, you, you're CEO of the DP World Tour. Now uh, you graduated from Ryerson. I know you went in and worked uh, at the at the very entry level at, at TSN. Just talk about some stops. You know, some of that journey. What stands out to you to get to where you are? Uh, you know, I wish I wish I had more pictures of the last 25 years. Uh, I wish technology was was what it was today, so you can capture some of the memories and some of the moments. Uh, I've had I've had just an unbelievable run with working with some incredibly talented, uh, gifted, and and wonderful people that 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 you meet in this industry. And when people say, "So what? What exactly? You know, what have you done?" I, I guess I would be a sports media executive, but having run teams and now running a tour, having been in the media, um, it's probably easier just to say uh, I've been in sports all my, uh, all my life, except for uh, having the opportunity to, to be involved in, in all aspects of media with Rogers and Bell. But um, yeah, no, TSN was, it was, it, it was a great opportunity to get back into TSN Right at the early stages, you know, back in 1985 when I was at Ryerson working as an editorial assistant uh, for, I remember it was like $35 a day. So it was, um, it was, it was a great entry level job producing highlights and, uh, and it was, it was, it was super. And my time at TSN was, was critical because they gave, it was such, it was at the infancy stages. So as a result, it gave you a tremendous amount of uh, opportunities to learn other areas. And eventually I became an event producer producing CFL football and, and curling and some NHL hockey and was living the dream. It was, uh, it was, it was terrific. And then I had an opportunity to, I, uh, I guess, um, back, hmm, now it's, uh, 
Oh boy, you're you're testing me now. But it was it was <laughs> that's it was, your it was, move to Fox. Yeah, that was that was that was pretty that was pretty exciting. I guess I had um, I I moved to Fox. I was a producer, and Rick Brace has been a great uh, mentor for me over the years. Rick Brace, who was the um, I think he was the senior VP of TSN at that point, and I was producing CFL football, and a gentleman by the name of George Krieger uh, from Fox, and Fox uh, had just bought the NFL rights. And they were looking for producers, and 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 Rick Bray said, "You might want to talk to, to Keith Pelly." Uh, and so I flew down to New York to meet George Krieger, and and he said, "Well, I want you to go over to Europe for four months." And so Rick allowed me to take a leave of absence, and uh, so I went over and produced NFL Europe. And that's when I fell in fell in love with London, and there were six teams. Yeah. There was there was Barcelona, there was Barcelona, there was Frankfurt, there was Dusseldorf, there was Amsterdam, there was uh, London, and then there was a team called the Scottish Claymores, and uh, and they were out of Glasgow. And that's when I kind of got back into golf, because I grew up playing golf, but then when you got into the work world, my golf game kind of went sideways. But I started to trade all the producers back then in the mid-90s, this was to produce Scottish Claymore games. And then after my two days off, I'd go up to St. Andrews. Oh, and I got wow. to know, I got, I got to know wow. all the people. At, I got to know all the people at St. Andrews, got to know the people in the first team. I didn't know that. That's and, right. and, and that's, uh, and, and so, so I, I fell in love with uh, uh, St. Andrews. It's just the most unbelievable place. It is the spiritual home of golf. There is no, I've never, place. I've never heard that before. Yeah. The yeah. St. Andrews. And, yeah, yeah, no. So it was, so it was great. So that was in the, and then, and then uh, they wanted me to produce NFL football and NHL uh, hockey for Fox, and and so uh, Rick said, I think you should go do it, and you have my blessing, and and go 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 work for Fox. So I did that for three years, and I was about to move down to um, Phoenix and sign a long-term deal with uh, with Fox because you could live anywhere you wanted, and so my wife and I looked at some houses and. Uh, in uh, in Phoenix, when Rick Brace called me back and said, "Hey, listen, you have any desire to, as he said, get out of the cold, meaning get off the road as a producer?" And I said, "Well, it's that'd be a little bit different, but um, yeah." So I came in as vice president of programming uh, for TSN. Oh, gosh, back in nineteen ninety seven or ninety eight, and 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 I can tell you, I had no idea what EBITDA was. I couldn't read a balance sheet. I had no idea about programming. I really, to be honest with you, I had no clue of what I was doing. And and I remember, you know, he's he's an icon in our business, Phil King, he, who went on, you know, I think he just left Sony sure. and he just retired. Uh, yep. But, you know, he came in, he was my director of programming. And he came in and he said, he goes, I think this is a really weird hire. You know, it's a strange hire that they brought you in, but. Uh, he said, "He said, you, you know, you can, you can fire me if you want, but uh, I, I don't think uh, this was a great hire." And I looked at he's, him. And he's went, working for you. Yeah. And, and like, I said, and I said, don't you, you, you work for me, don't you? Yeah. He said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I said, "I go, okay." He goes, "But I'm willing to give you a chance and see what happens." Oh. I was, and I said, "Oh, that's very kind of you. you." And again, I had no idea what I was doing. And I guess in about two months, he came back and he said, "Okay, I was wrong." Uh, you were a great hire and uh, and love working for you. And I went, and we've been best <laughs> pals you. ever since. That's a great I know, story. I know that's you funny. guys are close. Yeah, I love yeah. that Phil King story, but that's <laughs> Phil. That's uh, that's my now brother, Phil. Uh, yeah. So so then, yeah, then I was at 
TSN was was great. And next thing you know, I was the president of TSN, and uh, not really quite quite sure exactly how that happened, but uh, it was it was uh, it was a ton of fun. Who, and who did you succeed as uh, president? Uh, Jim was, Thompson. Was, it was Jim. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It yeah. was. Uh, I think it was Jim Thompson. Um, and and, yeah, and pausing yeah. on that for a sec, that's around when I first came into when, your. You wouldn't have remembered. You wouldn't have remembered this, but WWE is where was my first gig in sports marketing. I was. Oh yeah. I worked. I worked for Carl DeMarco, um, and and we were Raw was the number one show on oh, yeah, TSN back then. It was. Uh, it was. It was. It was, it was massive. Yeah, Raw yeah, was and, massive on and Monday so I nights. Got to know, Monday I got Night to Raw. Know that's why we never carried guys. NFL football. We, that's why we never did Monday Night Football because Raw was so big. And it was but a yeah, lead so into sport. It was a lead in right to whatever it was called then. Sports, uh, you know, uh, what, what, the, sports the name, desk. Sports desk. Yeah, it was sports desk. And uh, and so I got to know Phil. I got to know. Stu, I got to know uh, you a little bit. I didn't, you know, you didn't, you didn't have time for the little people, but, um, but you know, it, it was just our paths then continue to cross at different in different ways after that with the CFL and the Argos and with the Olympics and all that. But but my first intro to you was back then. So you were when you were president and and well, Phil well, I, Phil Phil took over what programming. Yeah, was, Phil was Phil yeah. was my right hand guy for my yeah. entire time. Yeah. In fact, you know, I always say to people, you know, people say, "What is what is the most important thing in 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 being a leader?" And I said, "The most important thing in being a leader is having the courage to hire people that have different skill sets and that are smarter than you, and the people that you surround yourself with, your team that you have." And everywhere I've gone, it's oh, taken 100%. a while to build a team. But once you get that team, it's spectacular. And I would attribute a lot of the success that 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 if I had a TSN, I would attribute to the team and a lot to Phil King. Guys, the guys, he was he's one of the brightest guys I've ever worked with, you know. And uh, and I and I and I love him. But and he always says yeah. it the way it is. So anyway, yeah, so that's, that's true. Yeah, yeah. right. Well, hey, like I said, I as. When 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 do you have the courage to come and tell your boss? I think they made a bad hire. <laughs> that's, 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 that's awesome. You know, I, I'm I'm a big promoter of courageous conversations. That's at a whole different <laughs> level. That's a whole <laughs> different so. level. Anyway, so uh -huh. um, yeah, then then so then we were renegotiating the the um, uh, the TSN CFL uh, deal, and uh, I was dealing with Tom Wright at the time. And we were going to we put a clause in the contract that stipulated if, in fact, the Toronto Argonauts were not to uh, to be part of the CFL because there was talk about them struggling and maybe going under at that point, then we would and they were going through an ownership change, then we would um, we would have a 20 percent reduction in the rights payment. And and we had this real battle with with Tom Wright on it and good on him. And he said, listen, that's never going to happen. You need to come and meet the new owners. So I went for lunch with Howard Sokolowski and David Cinnamon, two incredible, engaging businessmen, uh, both wickedly successful and very bright. And uh, and where where is that place that we had? 
It was a it was a great great restaurant. I forget. Oh, what it wasn't it was your now. Mama Martino's or whatever? No, no, no. I I love Mama Martino's. Um, but it was um, a burst of pommier. That's right, a burst of pommier. Oh, sure, had. yeah, Young Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not far from TSN, and, and in the yeah. middle of the conversation, they said, "Well, why don't you just come and be the CEO?" Now, as you, as and I said, "What?" I said, "Well, yeah, we're going to take team and come and join us as as the CEO." And I went. I got a pretty good gig right now at TSN, and and I, I I went home and I thought about it and I went I love football like I absolutely love football and I love golf, you know those are the oh. and I'd never worked in football other than producing NFL football for Fox, and I yeah. went hey you know I played football growing up since I was seven years old I love the game I went yeah let's go do that. And so, so I left TSN and went and had the most four of the most wonderful years uh, with the Toronto Argonauts. And I was. Uh, Didn't you uh, win the, the Grey Cup in your first year? We did. We did in 2004. Yeah. We won the Grey Cup. And yeah. then we hosted the Grey Cup for the first time in 2007. Yeah. And, uh, and I was yeah. there. So I was head of partnerships at the CFL yeah. 04 to 08. Uh, so I watched, I was, I had a front row seat to see your success and how you work so hard at transforming the business of that. And then the great cup, I mean, with Maddie and, you know, the, the team and that festival is the best festival. Oh, it, 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 was, that yeah. it was incredible. The bands and everything we had, we didn't have the best weather that week. We had Lenny Kravitz at halftime who could have been one of the, the, the most unlikable people I've met. But uh, in, <laughs> yeah, in, I heard stories about the hotel room and all that. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But um, no, it was uh, it it was a fascinating time, and it was it was so much fun. And then uh, and then Yvonne Fitzsand called and said, "Listen, we just got the Olympics, and uh, uh, and you know we're together with Rogers, and we uh, we, we have to run them independently." This is the the 2010 Olympics. Again, I was very happy at uh, at at the Argos and and uh, I had four great years with David and Howard. And then um, I said, okay, well, the Olympics in your own your own country would be a would be a ton of fun. Oh yeah. So uh, so they created Canada's Olympic Broadcast Consortium uh, that would report into uh, Avon Fassan, who was the uh, CEO of. If I guess it was called um, CTV, so CTV Global Media at, Media at that time. Yeah, at the yeah. time, and then uh, into Nadir Muhammad at Rogers, um, and uh, and so it was Bell and Rogers coming together. It was kind of an unholy alliance, oh. and it was the it was the uh, the consortium they called it to run the all the. Uh, I, it got called the cartel a few times as well to me, but anyway, <laughs> uh, I, I never I never heard it called that. But anyways, so I was the very first employee. And uh, uh, and that was kind of I was and that was in two thousand and eight because I wouldn't go until after the Grey Cup in two thousand and seven because yeah. I promised David and Howard I would I would I would do the Grey Cup in 07, which was which was a blast uh, and so we did that and then I went in two thousand and eight and that was that was a that was the most incredible two years leading up to the games because what Gav you might remember this what we did we did I know we we had twenty two we broadcast in 22 different languages. Mm -hmm. um, we had we had 
We had like 11 networks. We 11 had networks. 60 we had, radio yeah. stations. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was it was incredible. It was uh, it was an incredible uh, a scale time, and and it was right in the middle. And I can tell you something, and I you never yes. really you really never know how well you did until sometimes history tells you and history has told us that that 2008 sponsorship and market crash and economy was yeah. far bigger than we were we knew when we were in it right yeah. it was almost and and what we did we like it was we tripled sponsorship revenue oh. Than, yeah. than it had been, or four times of what it four had times. been in, Be in Beijing. Now, yes, it was a home game, uh, but uh, but still, in during during that particular time, like I would love to have had the opportunity to do the Olympics in your own country, like it was, and it hadn't been so long in Vancouver. If it wasn't 2010, if it was 2014, when we yeah. were into a when we were into a different economy. Well, like, don't you remember, what, like, like the, the, even just picking on one, General Motors, right? We negotiated yeah. GM when they were uh, hit as hard as anybody and scrutinized as, yeah. because of the government handouts. And But I remember Sarah and the team at, at uh, M2 and the clients uh, uh, saying, you know, we paid all these rights. There's no way we're going to let a competitor come in and take some of the media from us. So, you know, it was up to us to find a healthy middle ground uh, and and a package that they could afford and would also give them exclusivity. And we got it done, right? It was tricky. It was tricky. Oh, it, it really was. But, you yeah. know, that was a, it was, what was interesting That's is just we, we, That's we, we hired, we the, the, the management team and the sponsorship team we had because because it was from scratch was so yeah. different it was so different and we had so many different people that were very creative and 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 pooling all those assets together uh, and selling it multi-platform but also then selling it in different verticals and creating different it was uh, it was really interesting it was it was yeah. a fascinating um, fascinating couple of years you know and the olympics was uh, in 2010 Again, I, I, I would love to have uh, had an opportunity, uh, which I do a better job of now, of realizing what you're in when you're in it. Yeah. Like they, yeah. And, 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 you know, people say stop and smell the roses, but, you know, I, I call it now spend some serious time on the park bench. Yeah. Like, get on the park bench and, yeah. and, and, and think about what you're, what you're doing. You know, like it's, it's, you, you, you don't think about it when you're doing it because every single day you're moving at like, Oh, uh, 120. Yeah. And on yeah. that, just pausing there for a sec, I remember I tell this story. I was I was at the CFL. I was heading up partnerships and and uh, I'm driving in my car one day. It was early 2008 or spring 2008. And I hear this story about how Bell and Rogers getting together, CTV and Rogers, we became Bell Media and Rogers come together. I'm like, Wow, you know, because we all know how those two are mortal enemies. Um, and to do that, to get the rights to the games in your own country, and they put this team together, this leadership team with you at the head, 
and you bringing on a you know a few very talented people, I said to myself, I'm Olympic nut. I got to be a part of this. And up until that point in my career, I had been recruited places, but this was the first time I picked up the phone. I remember reaching out to you. You said, give me, give me a couple months here. I'm still figuring it out. But I felt confident leaving that chat with you that something would materialize. And, and I'm just mm. grateful you found a spot for me because it was, it was such a journey. It was amazing. Oh. Highlight. <laughs> Yeah. It'll it'll never happen again where you create a company from scratch and then you have like we we start like I said I was the first employee and and we 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 did everything we created it all and, and yeah. then we were we were the host feed for uh curling and host feed for hockey and um and just ski jumping like it was just just Really we had like what five sets, five sets at the IBC. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was it was great. It was it was great. You know, I just I, I again, I wish I could um, just just uh, experience it again uh, and and right. soak soak it in a little bit more. To be honest, and so uh, you were but, there. You tapped to do that through 2012, but then something happened at the end of 2010. You got another. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, it it was it was. Um, both uh, uh, both Yvonne and Nadir, and at the time Tony Viner Rogers was was leaving, and Nadir and Yvonne had both been just absolutely wonderful, uh, both brilliant guys, and and wickedly uh, um, uh, forward thinkers. And and, and Nadir uh, wanted me to come in to, uh, I guess, to replace Tony Viner, who was retiring at uh, at um, at Rogers. And so I, um, yeah, I left the consortium after doing 202010 and, and and took over a very uh, challenging role at uh, at Rogers as the president of Rogers Media, and that was uh, uh, again another how many years there? It was another five years of of learning, uh, mm-hmm. hiring uh, hiring some spectacular people. Uh, when Rick when Rick Brace came in, when I left to come over to Europe. And uh, and I, I said to Rick, I said, listen, the one thing that you're not going to have to do is this: the your management team that you have here are are, are brilliant, and uh, you will not have to uh, uh, make many changes in the in the short term. Even though people always like to come in as a as a, a president, and CEO, and and make changes and put their own people in place. You know, Rick, Rick, it was one of the greatest compliments I've ever had. And when he came back and he said, oh, six months, he said, you were totally right with your team. They're brilliant. And and again, yeah. that's I, I've just been I've been in the right place at the right time. And I've I've realized pretty quickly that in order to be successful, it you it's all about the people around you. Yeah. And and if you can if you can uh, if you can have people with different skill sets that you trust. Uh, around you, then then you can be successful. And you don't, like I said, I had never read a balance sheet at uh, when I when I when I started at, at TSM, but uh, as the, my first executive job. But you learn that, and if you have people that you can trust and that people that can do it, and they'll teach you. It's been uh, yeah, it's been well, great. One thing I've watched, uh, being able to watch you up close at the consortium, especially, and then got to Rogers and. 
you know, I don't, I, I, there was a, I've told a few people this story, but just how I ended up at Rogers, but, but then I'll tell you what I was going to get to is at, after 2010 and the success we had, and when you landed, you landed, you went to Rogers, you and I caught up and you said, we've created a role um, that we've never had here before because Rogers has been selling in vertical, in silos, right? Digital, TV, radio, and publishing. And we think the customers should be sold like we did at the Olympics, an integrated multi-platform offer if that's what they want, right? Like we shouldn't be, I always said to people, we were picking each other off at Rogers. Each sales team was fighting for against each other instead of bringing a, a solution forward. So you brought me in for that role, yeah. which, was, which yeah. was tricky because everybody was fighting for their share. Um, but we, we had, we had a few good wins and, but so I, I got there, but <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of conversations. Yeah. Cause we, we operate in vertical silos as opposed to very little horizontal integration across the well, business. You had, and you I, had pushback from, from and, the oh yeah, leaders. of course, of course, we, yeah. of course we did. And that's, that's because I was trying to put in a, in a, in a matrix with centers of excellence and allowing ourselves to horizontally integrate and get out of the separate businesses and and even changed changing the the, the whole bonus plan to uh, uh, that that the name on the jersey is the same, and yeah. so it, whatever whatever business you're in, and that's that's something I had actually learned from uh, from Pinball Clements uh, during mm-hmm. my days with the Argos. But it it is it is true, and that's that's how we were successful uh, in the Olympics in 2010, and and yeah, it was. Um, it was hardcore work to to integrate and oh, do change, to change. Well, legacy yeah, businesses, I, right? Legacy yeah, businesses. When when it's changes, you know, like I, I I've said this before in, and this was right around that time, and the two it was back in it was in 2012, and as we were going through all these changes and so forth, the Harvard Business School wrote a document, and mm-hmm. it was and it, and it said. Less than 10% of people who have bypass surgery or or um, a heart attack make a major modification to their diet. And then there was like a colon, and it said change is hard. Incredible. Change yeah. is hard. Less because it is. So, so when when you come in and you're starting to look at a at a business, and people have been there for the longest period of time, you know the one phrase you don't want to hear when you're coming in is, "Well, we always do it like this." Right. Or uh, and I'd, I'd way prefer, you know, you know, we've we've always done it like this. But and, hey, if there's yeah, another there's another way you have to be open. But it's very, very difficult in anything you do. We're creatures of habit. right? You do things, you know, there's there's so many things that you get in the habit of doing. So now all of a sudden to just pick up and do something completely different is 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 tough. And when you come into when you come into a new business, and whatever role, wherever role you're in, whether you're a manager, a senior manager, senior director, or or a CEO, you're going to question your employees because that's what you do. Because you're because that is what you're doing, and you're learning it at the same time. And you have your own thoughts of what it what it should be. So it's um, it's it's yeah. difficult. Changes changes tough. The psychology so have, of all that, right? Yeah, we, we, you have to. We, yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. But you you need you need to have a clear cut vision, mm-hmm. uh, and 
everyone needs to buy into that. And then your success will be how you execute it. And if you execute it flawlessly, then you'll be pretty good. But but if you, if you don't have that vision and you don't have that collective vision where everyone buys into yeah. and everybody can tell you exactly, you know, what 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 you're all about, then um, then you're going to be it's, it's going to be very, yes. very difficult. And, and, every, and every job you learn a little bit more like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I w- would I love to uh, have the opportunity to 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 now having learned everything that I've learned internationally and globally yeah, go now back. to do some of the to go back and 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 do you know do the argo job yeah it would be, a, it's uh, called a mulligan it's called a mulligan I, I think, i'd look at it completely business. different you know the rogers job i would look at completely different i would do it completely different now and so anyways so this will sort of get this yeah. will get to a compliment about you in a second so don't you worry but i uh, what what a lot of people don't know just a few closer is that uh, I was being uh, lured into the Bell Media world post-2012. But when you told me about that opportunity at Rogers, I, I, wanted, I went that way. I opted for that, which meant I had to leave the consortium before the 2012 games, but we had done the heavy lifting on the sales for it. And the reason I, I chose was relationships. And I just felt better about being aligned with you and the team that you had, you had at Rogers versus some of the folks at Bell. It wasn't a slap at Bell. It was just, I didn't know the leadership there like I knew you. And watching your work ethic and your vision and, and, and the way you led that consortium and the way you led the Argos and the way you led TSN when I was at my different stops, uh, it was, I couldn't pass up on 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 following your lead again so that's how i ended up at rogers you know picking that's kind that's kind of that's kind of you say uh it is uh, yeah yeah so 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 then again though again though you know at at the consortium and it's uh, and at rogers and at tsn it's having great people and empowering them right it is it is it is allowing them to work in the business and you work on the business mm-hmm. and, well and and it is um you know uh, i i remember you know avon fitzan said to me he said you know as a ceo keith you should only make three big decisions a year or three decisions you know and you and you and you, you go yeah he, he's right if you have the right people you guide them you lead them uh and you empower them and listen, you're going to make right decisions. You're going to make wrong decisions. As long as you make a make make more right ones than wrong ones, you'll be okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah. it is. Uh, and and you know, I've always said, I I hire people, uh, you know, for four characteristics: is uh, you know, work ethic, attitude, intelligence, and knowledge. And knowledge, I've always found, is a distant fourth, unless. I know you're. I, 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 I got. I got. I got through the intelligence part. Uh, I snuck under the. You know the the system. You just got. There. You just got. Yeah. <laughs> no, I but, just but at the end of the yeah. day, at the yeah. end of the day, if you have, if you, if 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 you have, those first. If two, you have the work ethic oh, and you yeah. have the attitude, oh. and then you have the intelligence, you can you can. And and I'm not talking about a Rhodes Scholar from Yale. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I, I'm 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 saying, you know, if if we've we all have. 
if you're working in these businesses and you get these opportunities, and if you've gone to university and, and you've passed, you probably have enough intelligence if you have the work ethic and the attitude. And then the knowledge, unless you're like a surgeon, unless you're a doctor or a dentist, then knowledge for me is a distant fourth because the work ethic and the attitude, you can learn that. And so yeah. you, you can never well, be sure. afraid to try different things. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, and then the, that's what happened here. I went, you, you have to be, you have to be comfortable getting out of your comfort zone. Uh, and, and I was quite happy at Rogers. It was, I was, I was, we had just done the NHL deal and it was, um, it was a, it was a fantastic time. I was really loving it and, and I love Toronto as my home. And, and, um, then uh, they, the opportunity came here to work in golf and to run this thing. It was called the European Tour at that point, and uh-huh. and and in a, in a spectacular place in in London. Uh, I had loved London, having lived here back in my days for Fox. And if, boy, he's a pretty successful guy, uh, Adrian Montgomery now, who runs. Uh, uh, oh my goodness, he's going to, mm. you know, in a massive. You probably Google it so quickly. Yeah, uh, yeah. the massive. Uh, uh, he's he's he's. Oh, no, nah, nah. yeah. Quickly Google Adrian Montgomery. Montgomery. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, enthusiast, enthusiast, yeah, enthusiast, enthusiast, Yeah, 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 yeah. And and there there there's a guy that is that is is not been afraid to step outside his comfort zone and take some chances. Um, you, you know, from from the the work ethic, the attitude, and the intelligence side, he's a, a twelve out of a ten, and he's built this 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 company enthusiast, and he's he's been a good friend of mine ever since we worked together at Rogers. He had lunch here a couple of weeks ago here in in England, but and and I thank him all the time because we were what was we were he doing at Rogers. I know the uh, name he was now. working in, he was working on the uh, the NFL at that okay. time. The Bills coming to Toronto. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. but but. But the most interesting thing was he and I were at Mama Martino's, my favorite restaurant in Toronto, mm-hmm. and and we were we were we were there. And I had told him about this job, and he looked at me. He said, "You got to go." I said, "What do you mean?" He goes, "If life's about adventures, this is an epic adventure." Mm-hmm. And I went, "Really?" And he said, "Yeah, you got to go." And then I went home, and I we you know I, I chatted to Joan, and she said, "Yeah." Let's go, giddy up. Let's go. Well, that's yeah. the key, right there. Yeah, right? and uh, yeah, it's been it's been. I've been to, I think we counted a couple weeks ago, forty two different countries, and uh, it is it has been the most unbelievable experience for my family and for for me, and and so yeah, and I've learned so I've learned so much. Uh, you know, working internationally now, and uh, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just grateful, grateful with for everyone that I've had the uh, the privilege of working with, and uh, and and people that have uh, have had such an impact on my uh, career and provided opportunities, and I've just been at the right place at the right time. Well, you so mentioned you mentioned, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to carp too much on mentorship because you hit on it during that story uh that path you know with people like rick uh uh, brace and you know even phil who who worked for you was a colleague is a friend right it sounds like he had a big impact i'm sure there's a few other 
people like that chat with Adrian and uh, not say like it's it, were, did you find you had any formal not formal but people you turn to for advice and counsel who helped really build you up over that you know during those during those years or or that you turn to even now right um i i would i i've never really thought of it but i but it, what pops in my mind would you know my personal mentor or the guy that I always aspired to be was my dad based on the work oh. ethic and the attitude that he had came from Cornerbrook, Newfoundland, you know, just in the back of a pickup truck and, and built his career and, and was a, a very successful, um, businessman and, and, uh, in his own right. And so he was, a, he was definitely a big mentor, the late Chris Lang, um, yeah, you know, yeah. The, the mentor Mark, of mine. Mike, Marketing yeah. and sponsorship guru. How you doing? Um, as he would say, uh, he was. <laughs> how you doing? Yeah, I still, I still miss. Yeah, he would yeah. call, and he he'd still call doing? every every week. How you doing? Well, his, my and favorite he, is his voicemail. You call him, and it says, "Sorry, I missed your call. Call me back." <laughs> yeah. Instead of "I'll call, I'll call you back," is like, "Sorry, I missed your call. Call me back." <laughs> Who has the nerve to do that on their own? Uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah, love Chris. Yeah, there are a lot of uh, a lot of mentors, right? You know, and uh, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, a lot a lot of people that have had a lot of uh, uh, that I've been privileged to meet over the years. Yeah, and so well, many of them. it is the people. I'd have right? to I'd have to write them down because there's been yeah, so yeah. many people that yeah. have had had impacts on my my life. You know, awesome. it was uh, um, yeah. Guys have worked so, with. so at, at each at each uh, I don't you know we there's too many just but just picking on some of those stops some of the proud accomplishments I mean some things that stand out to me is you know a lot of people might not know but Friday night football you were you had your handprint all over that creation um, and that I'm sure there were people on the team there like like Phil and that but talk talk about maybe that briefly because that became destination Friday night football or oh. NFL yeah right? well there was a, there was Phillips. a game yeah there was a game I forget when we created that so I think it was ooh huh. I, I I don't I don't know to be honest with you sure. trying to think. and then it became yeah, in the end of night football yeah so, so but but there was there was a there our our second lowest rated show of of the year uh, for the previous year was a Saskatchewan Hamilton game which drew 52,000 viewers two plus which was the second lowest rated uh live event on TSN for the whole year and that's when we said oh we got to do something about this and and everyone talks about the consistency of Sunday with the National Football League and so we we're sitting around in in a, in a in a big boardroom having the discussions and um, we said it kept coming back to consistency. What are we going to do with the Canadian Football League? What are we going to do? No one knows when the games are on. And, uh, and we said, why can't we have one night? Like one night. Why couldn't we have a, a, a night where where we have two games every single week? Right? Or, e you know, even a primetime game that that's the game of the week. And and. Uh, and so we we said like because like you're Friday, right to that point what, the game yeah, was yeah, but, yeah, but, well, this, was no, yeah but here's the, here's the interesting thing I'll never forget it and and I said and I'm not sure if I said it or who said it and it doesn't really matter um, 
well, let's say Friday night. We let's let's create something and we'll call it. You know, we'll 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 have a game every Friday night. And Phil, you know, he says, hey, listen, we've had you know Phil King, who was programming, goes. Now we've had a game there. We've had a game on Friday night every single uh, uh, year. We or every single week we've had a game Friday night for the last number of years. That's nothing new. And then I'm not sure how it how it all <laughs> shooting down his boss again. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but then all we did was we called it Friday Night Football, and we changed the narrative, and we said there's consistency now. We promoted it. We had Adam Ashton from mm-hmm. head of marketing. We we promoted it. We spent everything. We created Friday Night Football. Ratings increased the very first year, 262%. And what that tell all that, that was like a, that was the second kind of learning that I, that I, that I had is if you tell people enough, it becomes important. And if you tell people enough, they'll start following it because you're telling them to. And, and you look at the unbelievable success of the world juniors. Well, the world Uh juniors is not called the world juniors anywhere else in the world. This is this is a is is a brilliant marketing uh, way back when where where TSN called it the World Juniors. Well, you want to know became, you want to know what uh, I tell this. What's story. it called? What's it called? The under twenties or what's yeah, it called? Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Like if you're if you're if you're over here, nobody ever. If you're in Sweden, you and you're you're there, you're not going to it's see the World, world Juniors. juniors. No. You're going to see no. the under twenties or the under twenty twos. It's a clinic case study. On marketing well, the world, you know juniors. who else did that? Tourism Mexico did it. You know how they tell people this story. It used to be called Playa del Carmen until they got this brilliant idea to call it the Mayan Riviera. And I said, all of a sudden, and it got marketed. People would people would love to go to a place called the Mayan Riviera. So I agree. Like changing the name and telling enough people about it makes it feel important, right? Whether and it's, it's sports, yeah. tourism, anything. Yeah. yeah. 262 percent. I'll never forget that number. Was what it increased the first year after. We and then when you it. built a brand, you find yeah. sponsors who want to. And you have a brand. Then all of a sudden you've got a brand. Then you've got a brand. Then it's Wednesday, Wednesday night, Friday. You know, it's Wednesday, Wendy's Friday night football. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then you have that's and that's that's it's really not any more complicated than that. But there's all that's, kinds that's, of case studies in it, and that would be a great case study. But that's the story. We always had a game on Friday night. We just never called it that, and we it. just changed the brand and 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 promoted it. puts put put some music at the beginning, got a yeah. band, and changed it and said it's new and it's consistent. Up the production value, probably. And then we, you know, and then we did. Cameras. Yeah, and then then we did double headers and. Friday Night Football became a transformational, um, I guess, program for the Canadian Football League. Certainly did for us. So I want to pick on two two other things then. So so the consortium, anything, any kind of, you you got involved, you were involved in so many things, but I had so much fun whenever you came out with me and we hit the street and we we went into boardrooms and did did the pitch and, um, you know, brought... uh, Brian Williams a couple times with us on the road and, and uh, Heather Moyes and we had a lot of fun. But any any of those partnerships, those kind of deals with the different Olympic sponsors that, you know, resonate with you more than others? I know we had our fun with Tim's and, and McDonald's. Uh, oh, and that yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. The, the interesting thing, it was the 
as you think back about the consortium in the Olympics in 2020, 10, we were asking people for more than double the money, oh. uh, triple, triple the money exactly. ever before. Yeah. They weren't you know, prepared they, for the investment. They, we they, they weren't, they weren't yeah. in, a, in, a, in a recession. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we had we we had some we had some very difficult conversations. Oh yeah. Uh, but you, but at the end, Michael Lazard at Rona, I remember. Threatened, oh yeah, uh, that was, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, he I, was I, not I, happy. I remember that conversation very well. Yeah. I remember I remember that very well. Uh, but it, it was, um, yeah, yeah. Those those that was a real interesting learning experience and a and a, and a real. Um, I guess lesson on persistence and patience and believing in your brand and believing what you can do that that we were going to deliver the Olympic games like never before and I think we did you know the the record ratings and and multiple platforms uh, and I think all the people that were involved in the 2010 Olympics got more than their value the hospitality program that we put forward but it was very very tough uh, and it was Remember, we we created that listen, listen, and 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 yes, learn first. Yeah, yeah, we had to go in and do the listen and learns first. We had to understand all aspects of their business because when you have that many platforms at your disposal, you learning learning their business, you should be able to customize and tailor something that will go. match them because you've that got was everything. ultimately the key. Yeah, yeah, that was that was it. Like if you went in and you just you you weren't you, you weren't selling sponsorship you were literally selling partnerships yeah. and and there's a fundamental difference like we weren't selling spots and dots yet we were a media company so we weren't yeah. and you and you and and to be honest with you nobody does that anymore you, you can't sell just spots and you can't you know there yes you can get that via programmatic now but yeah. still you know when you the have, magic is uh, in that when, when you have a premium brand it is how do you bring them how how do you get them part of the games? Activate their brand, and and we were we were pretty we were pretty creative, but we had to be because we were asking for so much money, and it made no sense. Logical, it made no sense because because we hadn't had a home games, you know, since I'd forgotten when was the last home games? Uh, well, yeah, 80, 88. Yeah, yeah so Calgary. so uh, yeah. So we hadn't had a home games. So now you're telling people, and you've got all these platforms. So so we're doing something people had never seen before. Yeah. You know, we're going to yeah. carry it was every the single. That was the key. Yes, yeah. it was what surprised people, and therefore, to be exclusive for your category, where we had to go to these brands and offer them exclusivity, McDonald's and the restaurant category, and General Motors in the full auto category. They weren't ready for the price that that would take. And we had to get creative, if you recall, on how we negotiated modified exclusivities. I'll, I tell everybody the story with McDonald's. They ended up saying, give us exclusivity then for breakfast sandwiches, right? Not for burgers. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, like that's what we care most about, that no other brand can advertise a breakfast sandwich during those 17 days, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's right. Fascinating yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, um, it was it was it was it was phenomenal. And and I will do a shout out to Rick Chisholm. Uh, you mentioned uh, well, we we talked about him uh, offline, but Don Young, Gord Cutler, the team they created, like the storytellers, right, allowed us to take amazing 
activations to partners like BC Tourism and General Motors for their these these profiles of the people and of the athletes. Nobody did it better than that group, right? We had such talented storytellers. Gavin, I haven't talked about this or thought about it, which I probably should at some point. Um, I've got a lot to think about when I'm 70. Um, so, um, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're you're right. Yeah, Rick Chisholm was 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 brilliant. Who was running all our production at the time uh, with his with his team? They were they were phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, so, so you know, I, I I could keep you for three hours, but I, I, yeah. I, um, let just let's talk about the DP World Tour and um, you know, just just maybe some of your proudest accomplishments. You came in there as an agent of change. Um, you know, I you know I remember when you started and reading up about how you first talking about that. That had to be a very tricky act of diplomacy and leadership to come in an outsider right, who has impeccable credentials, but you're not one of us. I had to believe there's some of that at play when you start. How are you going to make our tour better? Like, talk about that dynamic, because you certainly oh. have, but it couldn't have been easy. <laughs> no, I had massive, massive pushback. Yeah, because first of all, I didn't know the game. I didn't, I, I, I knew the game as a, as a, as a player, I've never worked in the game. I've never worked in the You a rules official. Yeah. No, I, I've, I've never, I've never, and listen, running, uh, running a tour is completely different than running a team uh, and, you know, or, or running a media company. Yes, a lot of the principles are the same in terms of business, but still that comes back to the knowledge side. I had no idea. I've never, and, and now I'm working because we, we play in 35, 40 different countries all over the world. So now you're dealing with different types of governments. And, and uh, you know, I, I remember early on, you know, when I met the Queen of Malaysia, I gave her a hug, which, whew, you're not allowed to do that. I got quickly told I wasn't <laughs> supposed to do that. So I didn't know the protocol. So now I'm learning all First protocol. of, I'm sure, many accidental indiscretions from Keith Pelly, knowing well, you. <laughs> well, well the, the, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was quite, uh, it was quite a learning curve for me, to be honest. Very, very, uh, uh, you know, my family's adjusting to somewhere new. I've never worked in the game, like I said, and uh, and I've got a team that have, they had done things the same way for so long, and it comes back to change. So it, it, it certainly took a while, but uh, I, I think, again, right now, I'm, Believe it or not, I'm seven years now this this year in it. I've had the most fun. I've had a, a, a wonderful time. I have a spectacular team uh, now. Uh, what we have done in terms of of revenue and and commercial uh, and we're at record prize funds for our players. Uh, the Ryder the Ryder Cup uh, was 2018 Ryder Cup was the only was our home Ryder Cup. Uh, in France, oh. was probably it'd be top top two or three highlights of my career, winning the Ryder Cup in 2018, and having you know 50,000, 60,000 people there in France on a daily basis and building mm. what hospitals. a venue too. Yeah. Uh, and, and and yeah, and we built the yeah. first tea experience that was incredible. Rome in 2023 is going to be a, it really will be off the charts. 
it's mm. uh, Marco Simone is 11, 11 kilometers from Rome, and and the Ryder Cup is uh, is is a, is a, a chance for our game to really have tribalism, and it is uh, it really is something special. So it's been, um, but it's the same principles. You've got to get people to believe. You've got to get people to be open for change. And to be honest with you, if they're not, then they can't be on the team. And there are there were people that came in very that that battled um, and wanted to what which I called it kind of the blue blazer brigade mentality that wanted to continue with some of the old thinking, and um, and then there were others that said, okay, how can we get better? You know, like what you and you know my uh, chief operating officer is a gentleman by the name of Keith Waters, uh, and. Um, he played 18 years on tour and he was 19 years in his role. And he's still the guy I call oh. to every single day, you know, still. Hey, and early on I was saying, hey, Keith, can I do that? He goes, no, you can't do that. I said, can't, oh, come on, I can do that. He goes, oh, you can try, <laughs> you know. And so, 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 and I would say that our, our turnover now, well, it was probably, I don't know, I think it was close to, it's it's a lot. It's a lot in terms of how many people that are uh, that are still there. The head office, yes. Well, the yeah. only one on the executive level that's still there is 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 um, is Keith Waters, who's my chief yeah. operating officer, who was there when I when I inherited that team. Uh, and then, but I have now uh, I have two on my leadership team that were 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 uh, in the company at the time. And yeah, it's 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 been wonderful. It's been there's there's uh, it's we have some challenges ahead as you as you're probably yep. aware of, of but I won't of course I won't talk yep. too much about those but yep. they'll play out but we've got we'll great talk opportunities. about talk about the what you've done with with DP World and and you know maybe how that came about and you know that might be you know we'll we'll probably cut it, end it there because I, I do yeah, want to let fine. have yeah uh, yeah okay so so very yeah. quick very very quickly we were the um, we're the European tour founded in 1972. I play all over the world though. So um, we are the European PGA tour is what our, our, our title, official title is, but we, went, we always went with the European tour. No uh, direct affiliation with the PGA tour until, uh, until recently, the PGA tour in the US. So we were the European tour. However, we played, like I said, in you know 35 different countries. So the brand really never fit the promise, you know, as the European tour is playing in, in China, we play in, in, you know, um, Morocco and, and we play in South Africa. We yeah. play in South Africa. We play in Australia. We play in the middle East nine times a year. So, um, so you sit there and you go, we only play in Europe during the summer, but it's called the European tour. Uh, and our players come from all over. So the brand never really fit the promise. And the very first time I ever actually looked up the European tour name, I had a Britney Spears concert series. So like it wasn't, it wasn't, it was and I always struggled with the brand. And we went down the road of rebranding us the global golf tour. But I've always felt that golf is very fractured in its nature in that there's the PGA tour, the four majors and the European tour. And so if we weren't going to be able to come together and create something globally with the PGA Tour, we were going to continue to battle and compete with them, even if we called ourselves the Global Golf Tour. So we 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 looked at titling the tour, and and that's a very difficult thing to do. 
is to is to to give up the actual brand of your. But as I said, I didn't think the brand fit the promise. And DP World has been a partner for ours for a long period of time. So this was probably two and a half, three years in the making um, where we rebranded our tour and it's now called the DP World Tour. And we did that for a couple of reasons. First of all, they were a long-term partner that shared the same beliefs, the same commitment to innovation, commitment to excellence, and they had the name World in it. And it also wasn't a conflicting um, uh, company with, with, with others and any of our other partners. So it was a natural fit, but to, you know, when, when, but it was, uh, it was an interesting one because when you, when you, when you commercialize, uh, the actual name of, of your, of your tour or the name of your league or the name of your team, you know, it's, it's, it's tricky. Um, you know, if you were to, take a long established brand like the Dallas Cowboys and call it the DP world Cowboys, right? Is, and it's not really much of a change than that. And we uh -huh. had to go through all that analysis, but at the end of the day, phenomenal opportunity for us, you know, build long-term sustainability for our, for our, uh, our, our tour. Cause we're a members organization. So I work for the players. Uh, uh -huh. and, uh, it was, um, yeah, that one was, was great. That, and, and, you know, then you had the sensitivities because we have we have one of the most spectacular, incredible brands in Rolex, who is a, mm -hmm. who is a, a long term partner. What a legacy in golf. Yeah. And Rolex, you know, yeah, Rolex just makes you better. You know, yeah. they, they force you to, to 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 be better at everything that you do. And and Rolex uh, was was the uh, was the partner that I, I needed to go see again in Geneva and talk to them about DP World and. This is what mm -hmm. we want to do, but uh, yeah, no, it's 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 worked out. It's worked out really well. Our our commercial team is phenomenal. Under a gentleman by the name of Guy Kinnings, he is uh, he, he's, he's he really is uh, phenomenal. And but it's all the same. It's all the same principles. Sponsorships, all the same principles: honesty, courageous conversations, value. Yeah, uh, You know. I think values are a tremendous building. Uh, and but you can't do anything yeah. with any partner, with anybody in your business if you don't have unwavering trust. And yeah. if you find people that you work with that are trustworthy, wherever, mm -hmm. both your stakeholders and 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 the people that work with and for you, then you got it made. So unwavering yeah. trust is the key. Love it. Listen, that's uh, maybe as good a place as any to wrap. I mean, you've sprinkled in the career advice that I like to kind of uh, get as well. That's been uh, stated throughout this. But again, I'm, I, I could talk to you forever and you've got such a fascinating uh, story. And, and uh, But I, I want to let you go and uh, thank you for, for carving out time for me. Um, it's been a pleasure yeah. just catching up and I'll follow with interest, you know, as always, uh, uh, just love what you're doing and wish you continued success. Be good, my friend. Be good. All right. All Cheers, right, Gavin. Pal.